Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside. Here on Manx Radio, I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kiri Kermode. Last week I went over to Knockalo to the Mart and caught up with auctioneer Peter Quayle. And I popped along to speak to the Marine Officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust, Lara Howe, who was freshly back from a trip to the Calf of Man. But firstly, Kerry, um, a great uh, drive, I think, for tree planting lately and uh, the reclaiming of lots of farmland, hasn't there been over the years, you know, with the the implementation of new drainage in certain places. This has been going on for quite a few years, but uh, certainly lots of farms getting encouraged to, uh, you know, to do a little bit more to, to get trees put in and to reclaim lands and, and maybe set up some wetlands and ponds. That's it. It's getting that balance between productive land and maybe non-productive land, but actually embracing it, harnessing, putting new, uh, like you say, trees, fruit trees, areas for nature to enjoy and also like take a walk through. But it's getting that balance of modern farming with some of the yesteryear and keeping the nature on, on side. Yeah, well, we got invited to uh, Orisdale Loop Road in Kirkmichael to Ballarenny Estate because they had a bit of an open day showing around uh, what they've done there with the wetlands and the planting of trees. And what a guide to show me, Alan Kermode. Yes, well, I'm no expert. All I've given them is, is my experience that I've had over a, a number of years, me, me uh, successes and, and me failures, and that, that they can learn from them and hopefully implement some of them. Now, it's been a, a fairly, uh, well, I, I don't know, it's 13 years, is it, you've been, you started it, and what got you going with that to start to do the first trees? Because you showed us the first trees there where you first planted them, and you've never stopped since, but look at it. <laughs> no, but it's, you're very apprehensive, because back then, planting trees in agricultural land was basically a no-no, and you... I was very apprehensive and then you just get emboldened over time and now it's become the thing to do, planting trees and the environment. But I think it's, it's always been in me. I, I wouldn't describe myself as a, an environmentalist, just like my father, a countryman at heart. Yeah, yeah. but, but the, the nice, everyone was asking questions. You've seen the, the wetlands where you've made the lakes out of just... A, tiny little sort of end of a drain by the sounds of things that you created the lakes from yeah it's, it's surprising if you've, you work with what you've got if you have a little bit of wetland you, you know you can extend it and improve it work with what you've got is there yeah even on sandy ground you can you can still retain water and that's great for wildlife yeah because people will think oh we're, we're too close to the sea we're too exposed we're too sandy but uh, you've got such a variety in and Planning has that helped that? Where where to put the trees and which which to put in in the different areas? Well, obviously you, you do your research, and uh, I, I think with with finding certain species. I mean, I, I pointed out that O'Leary eye is is, is evergreen. It's 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 compact. It does make a, a, a very good bomb-proof hedge, and the old favourites, sycamore and willow. These are the workhorses to plant behind then you can do you can put your your, your oaks your, your elms and beeches in behind but you must get shelter shelter is is key to planting more than more than ground more than uh, the soil conditions it's the wind you must try and mitigate the wind 
Did you have to do a lot planting them? I mean, taking the, the holes down? Did you have to get special fertilizers and manures in to put underneath them? No, some of the pines I had an auger at one time and I would auger them in and, and put some rotted manure in. But to be fair, I've gone away from that and they've, they, they, they've all got away and, and, and they're fine. You know, I wouldn't, I don't think it's necessary. It's not as if you're growing a specimen tree, you know, you're putting your standard trees in or. or uh, you know, a line of hedge, and I wouldn't go to, you know, to two extremes. But the, the nice thing, at well, the people were asking lots of questions as we were going around, and you were honest enough to to say over the thirteen years or so that you've been doing it, what in hindsight you maybe do different this time around or the next time. Yeah, that's that's true. I didn't have it. I didn't have a template. It was it was all you were on the back foot, and you you, you do your own research, and you, you learn by your mistakes. And I hope that people coming today can see what has worked and what maybe I would do on hindsight. And I think, I, th- I think that's you cannot beat experience. I, I haven't got the I haven't got the academic qualifications over this period, but I have got actual ground experience. Of what has worked and what hasn't worked, and I, I I don't mind passing that on. I think you know that's that's basically what it's been about to encourage other land un- users to to come and. Uh, to come and implement the uh, the policies that this this government now the world over it seems to be the number one ticket is plant trees and save the environment well that's the rhetoric but it, it's it's time we need to get a spade in the ground and in five years time ten years time hopefully the fruits will, will be there to see you don't it doesn't have to be in it doesn't have to be by Alan Kermode or anybody else but they just need to go in and that's and we'll have uh, a better environment yeah it, it's an interesting point you raised there because you've done this I mean there the was schemes I think years ago to help you go you've done all of this just through yourself no no assistance none whatsoever no no uh, but but what about going forward I mean there was a lot a lot of manifestos in this latest general election that mentioned about uh, climate change, global warming, and the, the countryside of the Isle of Man. Uh, will this get acted upon? Well, hopefully, Alf Cannon and his new his new administration will hit the ground running and actually implement what needs to be done. Even the Queen of England is frustrated by people talking about it, world leaders even talking about it. But here in the Isle of Man, we've got a unique opportunity now. To actually implement these policies, and and it's a combination of the, the Manx public, the, the Manx taxpayer, will have to help the landowners of the Isle of Man if we want this environment, which we will all benefit from in the years to come. We will have a better environment. It has to be paid for. That's that's for the politicians to decide. But equally so, the landowners they have to be willing to implement, and, and hopefully they will. You've done it on quite a vast scale now I think it's one of them Pringle moments where you start and you, you haven't stopped but I mean your your message really isn't nobody needs to do it on this scale as long as they maybe get help with something definitely not it's, it, it, it's, it's not about some people would plant maybe 10% other people they might be down to 1% of their property we can all play a part we can all put a little dot and join all the dots up the island will be a better place for it in the future there's no doubt about that and and the one thing about it was you weren't reeling two or three hundred different types of of plants or trees that you put in 
No, I mean, basically, they've been native broadleafs, deciduous and predominantly Austrian pines because they're the toughest pine I've found in, in these conditions. Well, it's been a fabulous uh, contrast of, of lanes with natural gorse in them, Alan, the trees you mentioned, but it, it's not gone without hard work from yourself. No, it hasn't, but I just I only hope for two things. One, that, that people with land can find somewhere on their property to implement just some of what I've done, but equally so a place in their heart to want to implement it. Alan Kermode from uh, Ballarenny Estate there in Kurt Michael showing me uh, the brilliant work that have been doing over a 13-year period, getting them trees in and uh, getting the wetland area there. Great job and uh, really proud of what he's done so far and great uh, that hear him in- encouraging others to do the same, Kerry, isn't it? That's it. He's ahead of his time at the minute, like we talk about in the last few weeks, a hot topic of the agri-environmental scheme and uh, embracing nature. And I think, uh, like you say, Alan's been at it for a decade and more now at his farm and under his own initiative, uh, doing his bit for the countryside and uh, obviously enjoying it there with the family too. Yeah, and not not to be confused with the other Alan Kermode, who I don't think planted a load of trees and done the wetlands. <laughs> <laughs> well, great stuff. It was uh, really great, um, Alan, to invite everyone around and his, and his family there and Ali as well. Uh, but uh, things going fairly strongly. It was fantastic um, that you were at uh, uh, a well-known establishment, well, Tesco in Douglas uh, last week, Kiri. And, of course, great to see that Manx meat on the shelves. It has been slowly, slowly, but we've got there eventually. The pandemic came in the middle of everything. But it is just great to have that Manx offering for the Manx people. The local people deserve to have the choice and to have one of the biggest supermarkets there now. Uh, Embrace Manx, take it on. I know it's very hard. You can't just go in the store and ask the manager to stock various products that are Manx locally grown. You have to go through the big process of the UK uh, headquarters and hit all of the right levels, all the right audits and deliver a product at a good price and uh, once you get through that we can finally get it to the Manx people and great interest and I think the most common uh, feedback on the day was it was about time. (laughs) Great and we'll have more on that in the next series of Countryside but uh, relating to that of course, um, somebody who gets one of the first views at it is uh, Peter Quayle. Peter Quayle, a well-known man in the, the farming community and auctioneer of Central Marts out there at Nokalo. And uh, I caught up with Peter after a very busy day last Wednesday to see how trade was going. Um, the sheep sales went quite well earlier on. Um, started off at uh, Balaglani, um, sheep prices were good and ram prices. And, and since then, maybe not quite as good. We had a good sale for Dan Anna Karushas, which we helped this year for the first time. Um, we sold quite a lot of sheep, but some have been, maybe they could have stood another 10 or 20 pounds, but when you're selling, you always want a little bit more, and when you're buying, you want a little bit, pay a little bit less. <laughs> and that's it, earlier part of the year, Peter, we were getting a fair price for the for the spring lambs that were going into Isle of Man Meats, and this set a precedent for the sheep sales in the autumn this time. Yes, the lamb price and the uh, cold ewe price, especially away, has been uh, held up well, better than we've ever known. Um, people have been happy to and rear the stock and, and at least they've got well paid for, or better paid than usual and uh, trouble is the other prices have all gone up accordingly and the fertilizer and, and every other price has, has rock, rocketed some of them so 
they've gained it in one hand, but they've lost it in the other hand. Yeah, it's always getting that balance, isn't it? It is a bit of a tricky business. Agriculture does have its peaks and troughs. But here we're ready now for the autumn suckler calf sales. Uh, they're just ahead of us. Yes, we look forward to uh, We've had a few cattle sales and some weeks have been really good and uh, they've been a pleasure to sell. Others, if they're a little bit uh, more dairy type, they've been a bit stickier, the prices. Uh, we've had a big sale today. Uh, Raymond Bruce had his, and Hannah have had their dispersal sale. Um, it was difficult. Uh, it's nice to see a good group of uh, dairy farmers, which we don't often see at the Mart. Uh, lots of new faces, and, or old faces, but we don't see them very often. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a sad day for Raymond and Hannah. I saw one of his daughters in tears. I think they sold one of their cows. And, and it's, it's a, quite an emotional day to, when you sell your lifetime's work. And that is it. It is a lifetime's work. And it's, it's quite hard now, seemingly, for young people to get into agriculture. Um, there's always youngsters hoping to get in. Uh, some are lucky and, and their fathers are getting to an age where they're retiring and taking a bit easier. Some of them just keep going and they maybe don't retire as early as they should. Uh, I think I've been told that as well. So, uh, but but we, we need the young people. And just at the moment, there's uh, not too many vacancies to come in. And... Uh, not sure what the future holds. Sometimes when you look around the mart, and there are uh, the age profile is a little bit on the high side. Yeah, and that is always always difficult. Agriculture as an industry is is changing so much. We're looking now to maybe take on the agri environmental scheme. You know, these are all changes in our time, your time. It's it's huge. Yeah. Um, there's lots of them. Uh, just a little bit concerned about the agri environmental scheme. Uh, it just seems with the world population growing for us to start worrying sometimes about the birds and the bees and um, and the flowers and I'm just not too sure if it's the right approach I know England are having second thoughts about it as they are especially with the way prices are going and I know that this, um, I just think it's going to be very difficult and it's fraught with all sorts of uncertainties and um, I'm not sure if it's good for agriculture even though uh, the there were the, um, the Wildlife Trust guys that are in charge of it. I don't think we could get two better fellows that are helpful, and uh, David Bellamy and Lee Morris, they're very helpful guys, but I'm just not too sure we're getting too far away from production, and uh, I would hate to see the Isle of Man agricultural land deteriorate much more than it's doing naturally sort of thing. I don't think it should be encouraged to go down that route too much. Yeah, no, it is really hard, and we've got a few sales ahead of us, Peter. The Christmas Mart... That won't be too far away. Uh, no, but first, next week, we've got a big um, suckler sale. There's about 150, some of the best sucklers on the island. So that's always uh, one to look forward to. And the next fortnight after that, we've got quite a few cattle sales. And then we've got a couple of machinery sales as well. So the mart has been busy. Um, it's nice to see it ticking over. And uh, I, think it's a, I mean, we had lots of people here today, as we do most weeks. And it's quite a social place just to catch up and find out how are the other people are getting on and sharing problems I think it helps sometimes <laughs> no you're absolutely right and these social events are few and far between it can be quite a lonely old job on the farm well some people work alone a lot of the time and um, uh, it is I think it does them good to get to the mart and just see your prices and it gives them idea and um, it doesn't always work the mart's benefit sometimes they go home and sell something privately <laughs> with, uh, because they know what the prices are then but, but we appreciate those are customers that do come and we appreciate the customers that pay quickly and it just keeps the mark ticking over. We've got a great staff, they work hard, we've got a great team. Um, yeah. They do, they really do work they do hard. Well.
That was Peter Quayle, the auctioneer from Central Marts, uh, after a sale there at Nokalo. Yes, great. And he's such a love. They're such a lovely family, um, Peter and the Quayles. There aren't they? And always enthusiastic and chatting to the farmers and find out a little bit more about them before you know he does his his spiel in the in the. In the ring. That's right. It's not an easy job to stand on a rostrum and uh, and find bids through an audience of lots of people and, and as quick as he does. It, it's, it's not an easy job for anybody. And um, he does it does it well. And like you say, it's a family effort. Sheila there and um, latterly uh, Richard Quayle, who we think in, in time will take over the running of it as well. Uh, but still all part of the family and a great team of stockmen in the yards bringing the cattle forward to the ring, as he said at the end there. Without those, the, the mark would struggle a bit. But he's been saying the price has been fairly good all year. Um, it's remained steady. Uh, agriculture is changing. Costs are going up, like he says, about fertiliser and different things. Um, so we'll see as long as we sit tight and keep producing quality products uh, here for Isle of Man Meats or whatever destination the farmers choose. Um, it'll bring good quality to the Isle of Man. <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, Kiri, we've had a couple of visits, visits to the car for man in the past and uh, always brings back loads and loads of memories. And, of course, on the forefront of that, we've had the talking about the puffins this year and, of course, the seals that are around the coast. And uh, Lara Howe is the marine officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust. And I caught up with her straight out of the shower as she returned from the car for man last week. And firstly, uh, it's an exciting time at the point just back. Yeah, good. It's really, really busy at the moment. We're obviously busy with the seal pups um, being born and also it's the autumn migration for birds. So very busy time over there. And the migration, uh, it's proved a popular stopping point for, for birds over previous years, has it? Yeah, it's as busy as ever. We're on, on track for similar records to, to previous years, which is really nice to see. So good numbers. Um, the excitement for today was we had a, a tree sparrow came through so that was quite nice yeah and it, it it i suppose you get the regular ones coming mm. through like and just keeping an eye on them and of course the the team over there logging logging them down is that right yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. all the birds um are, are noted down and we have a daily log and we keep track but also we do ringing as part of the observatory so um that also gets recorded as well and what about the excitement when when something new stops by is it, is it still a buzz Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and sometimes that it can be the really mundane stuff actually can be a rarity for the calf. So prime example, we got very excited today because we had house sparrows, which to most of us here on the Isle of Man are really common and ten a penny, but on the calf are really, really rare visitors. Um, so we even get excited about what the rest of us would think is quite normal and common but we also do get some really good rarities come through and we definitely get very excited about those as well yeah well back in my childhood at primary schools going around to the calf on the little boat when we stayed at Port Erin it was a it was a massive thing the puffins back then and you've been a great pioneer in trying to encourage them back to the calf man how has that been going 
Um, it's going well. I'm very pleased to say um, that back in the spring we had um, regular sightings of puffins uh, around the calf again. But the really exciting news was the fact that we actually had a pair land on the calf. Um, and a little while ago, some of you might have seen a, a picture of one of the, the live puffins snuggling up to one of the decoys. Um, and we were really pleased to see that actually the next day when we went back to see what was happening, that there was one of the, the pair was there with um, nest material, which would suggest that they were trying to breed. So a real, real great excitement about that. Mm, and one exciting thing, there's plenty of seals around the Isle of Man, but uh, I suppose the, the population around the Calf of Man is a, is a big one around that area area between uh, the sound and the calf i mean tricky one because the, the public love them uh, but does that cause problems occasionally it can do occasionally yes you know obviously um seal the the mums and 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 the pups when they're on the beach can be distressed by people and, and dogs of course as well and things like that so it's very important we keep our distance but i think members of the public are are, are are much better educated now and much more aware about keeping distance and things like that and getting in touch with us and letting us know when there's a, a live seal pup when it hauls up on a, a public beach somewhere so it's really nice to know that the public are getting it in touch with us to let us know what about the the numbers compared to other years are they staying pretty normal yeah yeah currently obviously the survey's still ongoing but we're um I think we've got just over 50 pups rat and the calf at the moment that have been born so far which is on par with previous years so yeah hopefully we'll get 60 something pups again so fairly stable population at the moment which is good to see what attracts them to the coastal waters of the isle of man is it perfect for them um, yeah, great conditions, lots of food around, nice areas to haul up, secluded beaches. We're not too overly, you know, it's not heavily um, used by people. There's still few coves that can only be accessed by a boat or a kayak or something like that. So there's still places where they can haul up and feel safe um, from, from people. So, yeah, lots of food around and, um, yeah, nice beaches. Mm. Who wouldn't want to come to the Isle of Man? <laughs> Indeed. Calf Amand, it is something special, but it is is the sort of time and for going there and visiting more or less over for for you and your team. We're coming to the end of the season, yes. As I said, I mean, there's still lots going on with the seal pup surveys and, and the migration, but we are coming to the end of the season, yeah. The wardens, weather permitting, um, and that will play a big role in it, but in theory, we'll be coming off on the 9th of November and the season will then finish, so, yeah. yeah. And But you're, you're a keen diver as well. You're still getting the chances to, to get underwater and around the coast of the Isle of Man, see anything interesting? Yeah, absolutely. Um Still getting out diving, still loads of lovely stuff to see out there. I mean, the Isle of Man is great because you can always find somewhere to tuck in and um, out of the wind and get in for a dive. So, you know, there's there's no excuses not to, to get wet. Um, so, yeah, lots to see. Um, I was just thinking there was a report of a thresher shark that was brought in recently, wasn't there? I haven't caught up on that yet because I've been on the calf. But You're um, trying to put people off diving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somebody managed to catch a thresher shark, which is really unusual, but 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 not unheard of for here. But are, are, are they attracting other people, tourists, to, to dive around the water of the Isle of Man? Do they, do they uh, put forward a, a different interest? 
Absolutely. I think the Isle of Man, um, for, for UK diving, we have some really good visibility. You know, um, in a lot of places around the UK, the, the vis is only a few metres. Here we can have, you know, up to 15 plus metres some years and at certain times of the year. Um, great life. It's quite the waters are very nutrient rich, but low in pollution generally. So we have lots of life. Um, obviously, not that we see them so much now, but the basking sharks draw people over. Everyone loves seals. You know, everyone likes to go for a, a snorkel with a seal as well, um, as long as it's all done appropriately, of course. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of wrecks around here as well. So technical divers like to come and do a lot of the wrecks as well. So, yeah, I think we have a, a special, unique underwater world here that's that draws people in from elsewhere around the world. Definitely. So all in all, uh, things are fairly stable in the marine world then around the Isle of Man? Yeah, doing well at the moment. Yeah, everything seems to be on a, a fairly even keel. So, yeah, um, bar the obvious usual sort of climate change and, and, and things like that that's obviously ongoing and will be. But, yeah, I mean, we seem to be doing okay so far. Do, do you notice anything when you're diving in certain spots year after year that things have changed, that things weren't there one year and they've moved to another bit? just even just around the, the small coastline of the island yeah there are changes that you do see um there's a, an invasive species of seaweed called wireweed sargassum muticum and we see a lot more of that now diving when we didn't before um and for some reason we seem to be having um large explosions of um sea hares which are sort of like big sea slugs um and and things like that so things are changing definitely um and obviously you know our seabird numbers are in a lot of species are declining so there's also that knock-on effect that we're seeing um and most likely that's also linked with climate change so there's lots of different things going on that we are starting to see those those changes happening marine officer for the manx wildlife trust lara howe and great to hear uh, how things are getting on out there and, and the interest that's on that little place, isn't it? Oh, the fascination, especially this year, people booking staycations. Are you able to go over and stay in the hostel and spend a few days um, stonewall building and, and just getting back to nature, really? It's a great place just to shut off and switch off. And the journey over there is exciting. It's not you know, all of the animals you see on the way and, and the great heritage and story there is behind the Calf of Man, a, a great place. If you haven't been... It's definitely a must. Yes, it is. OK, well, that wraps up this series of Countryside. Don't forget, you can listen again to uh, all the Countryside programmes on Manx Radio's website, on the podcast or the Listen Again features. We must thank our wonderful producer for the last few series of Countryside, Sarah Hendy, who's, uh, well, she's going, she says, to highest points I don't know how she can get any higher than Countryside, Kiri. <laughs> <laughs> but she is sticking with Max Radio, so don't worry about that. We wish her well in a new role. And uh, we'll be seeing you in the next series of Countryside. So until then, from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermit. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.